listeners, I'm Angela Albert, the project director at the German Book Office, New Delhi, and I welcome you to the Global Local Talks. This podcast series features leaders who are making an impact on the publishing industry and the creative sectors internationally. The goal is to grow literary and rights exchange, facilitate business, and of course, showcase India and South Asia at the publishing and creative industry's largest trade event, the Frankfurt Book Fair. Today, we'll be talking to Mr. Gautam Pai, the promoter and group managing director of Manipal Technologies Limited, a company that was started in 1941 as a small printing press, has now grown into one of the largest end-to-end secure print service provider. His objective is to build a sustainable, high-growth and profitable organization. Welcome, Gautam. Thank you, Angela. Very good to be here. We've often seen heirs to family-run businesses going abroad to complete their management studies. Wherein you chose to stay back in India, what was the reason behind this decision and how has it shaped your vision? Uh, Actually, Angela, you know, uh, when um, I was studying engineering, I was um, already very interested in business and I used to uh, visit uh, some of the printing facilities in uh, Manipal in the night. And while I was doing my engineering also, I started a small packaging business making uh, corrugated boxes. So I actually, my intent was after education to work for a few years and uh, then probably go abroad and, you know, do an MBA or something like that. Um, And I felt that would actually be uh, much more effective because if you have some work experience, probably you could relate to uh, what you're studying academically into business. Uh, But that never happened. Once you get into work, sometimes you get so engrossed that one thing leads to another. So that's really what really happened that, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. A company that started with one letter printing press in 1941 is present across industries uh, from media, advertising, energy, infrastructure, print and packaging solutions, secure transaction solutions, digital banking solutions, risk and fraud solutions to home fragrance products. Under your leadership alone, the company has seen a growth of over 30%. Over these years, what has been your mantra for success? I think um, when um, I joined the business um, in early 2000s, uh, one thing was very clear to me that if we needed to uh, succeed, we needed to uh, grow, become leaders in each segment, or at least be among the top. And if we have to succeed and uh, have diverse businesses, but also be leaders, you basically need to really have a lot of ba- management bandwidth and good leadership. So the whole focus has really been, I think, around creating um, a platform where we have talented people and give them the opportunity to succeed. So I think that's been the whole philosophy, having finding talented people who have their own aspirations and creating an environment where they can succeed. So I would say that's the number one thing which I think has worked for us. And that's what we really constantly focus on. Print digitization has been a worrisome topic for the industry. And we've seen you leverage this to your advantage, be it reintroducing Manipal Printing Press as Manipal Technologies, or to even providing end-to-end publishing solutions across industries. How have you been able to balance the growth and maintain sustainable business? You know, um, we actually set um, our own limitations, right? It's basically the business is based on our own definition. So if we choose to say we are a printing company or we're a commercial printer or we are a labels printer, that defines the arena that we kind of uh, play in. So whereas... Uh, if we say, okay, we are in business, we are here to create value, we are here to create an impact certain segment, that really broadens the whole horizon. So I think in our 
print company's business, which was originally called uh, Manipal Power Press originally, then it became Manipal Press Limited. And then um, somewhere in uh, early, late 2000, I think around 2009 or 10, we changed it to Manipal Technologies. We really the intent saying that, okay, we are not about just print. We are basically about providing solutions and providing solutions in the areas that we kind of play. So I think that was basically a message both internally and externally for what the business uh, comes about. And that's how the whole journey really started. So if we take a printed product, for example, let's say a check, for example, what is it used for? It's used for enabling a uh, payment transaction. And we said, okay, how is that going to change? And at that point of time, cards in India, credit cards were small but growing quite quickly. Uh, so we said, okay, can we get into it? Who are the other players? How do we get into it? Can we get into ourselves or do we need a partner which will enable us to reduce the learning curve? So we got into plastic cards and um, it became quite a big success. We got leadership, I think, within 24 months. And then we said, okay, plastic, but there's also digital. So we looked at how well transactions are happening and how we would play in those fields, the ecosystem for payments. So we kind of did remove that thing that we are a print company. And while the print business remains important, we have focused initiatives there. We also build businesses beyond print and looking at the whole and application of uh, what that product originally was doing. So that's actually how it evolved. That's how the risk and fraud solutions have come because essentially a transaction uh, has to be monitored for fraudulent transactions. So that's how we build that. Um, if you look at the digital kiosk you mentioned, um, banking itself is undergoing tremendous change. People want a digitized experience. So even at the bank branches, we said, how do we automate it? How do we make it less dependent on people? So we started building digital banking solutions for banks, again, leveraging the customer base. So I think, you know, when you have uh, opened one door, you have two more doors which opened up, and that's how things have really evolved. When you say you looked at the medium of payment rather than the instrument of payment itself, I want to understand, were you inventing technology in-house or did you bring expertise from global market? How has that been? Even for your printing machines, are they Japanese or German? Which versions do you use? Or does that even affect the way you do business? Um, so I think it's a very good question, Angela. I think um, we have taken multiple approaches. One is that we said, okay, what do we actually do uh, organically? So that would actually um, build ourselves. So an example of that would be, uh, we have a company called Manipal Digital Solutions, which essentially is into digital solutions like free media services, uh, e-learning solutions, uh, anything to help with on the digital side. So now we started that organically, completely by ourselves because we felt we already had expertise because of the pre-media business, whether it's for, for um, publishing or packaging or any of those areas. Right? So that's one example of setting up ourselves. Um, we set up um, a unit to basically uh, make uh, a packaging, for example. We set up again organically initially, though we did the acquisition later, because we felt we understood uh, printing quite well. We needed to understand the other parts of uh, packaging in terms of finishing, etc., which we felt we could hire the talent and do it. Um, when it came to uh, cards, right, it was uh, the printing was common, though it was on plastic, but the other processes were new, the certification. We felt if we had a partner, it would reduce the learning curve and get us into market much quicker. So we had a joint venture with a 
leading company in Thailand called Chaibanese Security Print. And that enabled us to get the factory certified within one year. And I think within 24 months, we were the uh, market leader. So we have done different models for, for different uh, things. So organic is one. A joint venture is a cards is an example. We had an acquisition uh, for the risk and cross system, which came into an acquisition where we bought the whole solution. So that the idea is, okay, we have the solution uh, which someone has built. They were not able to take it to market because they didn't have the customer base or any other reason. We had the customer base with a banking relationship. So we could create value quickly there. So that was an example of an acquisition. Uh, we have alliances where we partner with companies or build great solutions could be for transport. And then we put in our additional solutions and front end didn't take it to market. So I think there have been different methods. Um, and the strategy is basically what is most uh, fast to market, what will create a more sustainable business. And it's really worked well, I think, taking this multiple approach. Uh, coming to printing machines, you asked me about uh, Japanese and German. I think we're pretty agnostic. We've been, we have uh, pretty much uh, all uh, Japanese, German. They are the leaders. Um, because I think nowadays almost all the equipment are pretty much same in terms of uh, you know quality and features. So we don't see it making a huge difference anymore. It's, uh, all of them are pretty much same in terms of technology. Every year at the Frankfurt Book Fair, we see a recent representation of the Indian print industry. Manipal exhibited in 2014. Um, how can companies like yours leverage from an international platform like the Frankfurt Book Fair? Uh, you know, going by um, our experience of participating in uh, Frankfurt Book Fair, I think um, it, it has given actually us and the team which runs that business tremendous exposure in terms of what's happening uh, in the market. And that's really key to really plan the future, right? And uh, for example, apart from trends, also to give us information on what's happening in the world and untapped geographies. Uh, in our own case, if you go back, uh, we actually uh, never looked at Latin American market. And through Frankfurt Book Fair, uh, we have started uh, doing business with companies in Brazil and Mexico. And there are some discussions happening even in um, Argentina. So I think that's been one um, big uh, opportunity which has come up for us. And also, I think the insight um, by meeting various salespeople, the customer behavior, et cetera, I think adds a lot of values. One other thing which also happens in events like that is that um, you get to actually meet even uh, competitors, which you normally don't have a common forum, and there's great learning which comes out of uh, that too. So, you know, for us, it's been a great experience, I would say, especially mm -hmm. to develop the export markets. Talking about offering services internationally, when Ashet was looking to print a JK Rowling in India, Manipal Technologies became the first to deliver high-end secure book printings, paving way for many more such jobs for this market. Tell us about your experience and what was your takeaway from it? Um, I think that project, um, I think it was casual vacancy with JK Rowling, the first project. Uh, that came to Manipal um, because I think of the heritage and image that Manipal has in terms of the whole secure side of business. Right? And here it was really not about printing a security document or instrument. It was making sure that the content was secure so that there is no piracy, there is no leak because it's going to be a, a global launch um, for the title. So I think that's where it 
came in and um, i think our experience of uh, securely handling a content information really played a way there and the whole commercial print which is normally um, not uh, you know secure physically as the other secure printing units are had to be sealed off so people were not um, allowed inside uh, there were no one could take telephones etc etc because the whole thing was about making sure that the content was secure and the world would see, the whole world would see the copies on the same time the same day so there's absolutely no scope for uh, piracy of course the print quality all those things really matter but here it was about the uh, content security and that was a great uh, success and from that we have seen a number of um, you know titles coming in like there was a book uh, playing my way it was sachin tendulkar's uh, biography then there was harry potter and the cursed child again jk rowling then there was a title called lethal white by robert cried and then shadow by gregory david roberts book so number of titles have been coming in i think um, and for us more than um, you know manipal being a preferred destination for this i think for us what is really um, you know an achievement is that i think the success of this projects have forced publishers to think india as a reliable destination and i think for us that's the biggest achievement versus you know those many jobs of like that coming to manipal india being recognized as a reliable destination for this i think is a big achievement for us well uh, you just mentioned that you know the jk rowling's uh, print in india it just paved way for the industry to be recognized as a reliable destination for print uh, while india has the capability and the capacity to match world class services in the print sector what do you think are the handicaps and how can we overcome them how do you think we can make india the next uh, print destination to the world no i think um, india generally is not um, a manufacturing destination for most products and i think that's generally got to do with um, ease of doing business and um, infrastructure which is there and i think that's a common challenge for most businesses for any kind of manufacturing and even for print i think that is um, honestly the biggest um, challenge that we have um specific other nuances could be that also that we don't have scale compared to um, countries uh, especially china i think china is the biggest uh, manufacturer indian companies don't have scale we are very small um, but if i have to say that what has to change it has to be ease of doing business and infrastructure a uh, single two things i think can make a huge huge uh, difference otherwise i think compared to other countries india has lot of strengths because we have our own uh, growing market internally we have, which is because of the demographics that we have we have 260 million school going um, you know uh, children one from 5 million schools in the country and of course pre covid the economy was growing at you know 4 5% and uh, it would bring in lot of disposable income so with a good domestic market i think india could have been a great destination for um, exports and uh, if we can figure out you know how to make it a easier place to business and have also uh, better infrastructure i think uh, there's nothing which can stop us well if you we talk about business there there are no businesses without risk there is no success without failure what has been your biggest failure or and how did you overcome it <laughs> i mean many of the businesses um, angela which uh, you know started they have not worked and many for example um 
one of my initial uh, businesses was in uh, e in the e-commerce space and this was during the dot com um, area i think 99 or 2000 it just uh, did not work and uh, and that time when the whole dot com burst happened also um that even during that time we had um, invested in a sms based banking Uh, today mobile banking is standard but sometimes being early also can be a complete disaster so it was very very difficult on the print side um, we had set up this chain called digigo which was uh, you know going to be something like uh, a kinkos or something like that where you have um, you know franchises um, we just couldn't scale it up so we actually converted it into a, you know a hub for our corporate customers so i i think there have been number of failures and each time you learn from that and you become you know come out stronger and uh, it's just that i think for us out of you know 10 if we can get at least 6 or 7 to work then we are kind of good and lucky that's how i would put it <laughs> so there have been number of failures but basically you learn from it maybe you don't talk about it too much but you always learn from it yeah so you you, you could uh, basically summarize your failures as your cost of learning yeah as long as it's not too expensive you still able and it's okay do you think this fragmentation of the industry is another reason is it true that the printers don't want to collaborate or work on bigger projects or be more ambitious when it comes to mightier projects say for instance to china i mean they come as one unit you know even even though they have a government backing and everything but uh, we see them as an ideal location how do you think we can overcome this um it it could be i think uh, yeah i think culturally there is a challenge in india where people uh, there's sense of distrust and people not collaborating but i in my in my own experience that is changing because on a um, number of projects that we do which uh, are very large scale we collaborate with uh, competition to see how we can work together it's not happened so much so in the books area but on the security print where it's the projects of national scale and importance we always collaborate and i think that is changing um it's also changing uh, so i think um if there are projects uh, which uh, have uh, which involvement of multiple printers can uh, is required i don't see that as a barrier um, even during this covid times there have been multiple forums where people have been talking about common problems uh, sharing openly about you know how we could overcome some of the challenges so i think that collaborative approach is um, coming about um, but culturally i think it's little different in india uh, you just mentioned the covid uh, factor how has covid 19 affected the print industry and uh, what are you doing to overcome the extraordinary challenges that it's posed covid has uh, you know like any industry i think has really really uh, hit uh, the print industry very very uh, hard so um, as you know april was completely uh, shut down and then there's been a partial reopening in may and june but um, from our side what we did was just focused on uh, three things one is how do we actually uh, conserve cash how do we actually um look at the worst case and manage our fixed cost structure so that we are more flexible and agile and third how what are the things we can do to uh, you know use this crisis because we should not let this crisis uh, go waste whether it is from uh, looking at our cost structure or whether other 
products and solutions which we can create and take to market, uh, which will uh, you know create a new revenue source. How do we uh, change our internal processes or process working customers to be more efficient? So we focus on these um, three uh, areas. And honestly, you know, um, while there's been a huge, huge, um, you know, damage to the industry, just looking at the numbers, for example, I'm going by the uh, plate consumption, right? Newspaper plate consumption was down by uh, 40% uh, in the first quarter. Uh, commercial plate uh, consumption was down by 80% for the first quarter with April being up to zero. Uh, packaging was down by 30% for the uh, first quarter. One of the mills I was talking to yesterday, uh, in the same quarter of last year, they produced about 72,000 tons. And um, the first quarter of this year was 30,000 tons of uh, paper production. So this is a kind of impact it has had. Having said that, we don't know uh, what is the kind of um, destruction to demand which has happened because the country is still going through the pain of COVID. Uh, you know, the, so basically I would look at it like this, that we're swimming, we're swimming against the tide and we're swimming in muddy waters. So it's very, very difficult to see on the other side. So basically our thing has been that we plan for the worst and hope for the best. And, uh, figure out a way to be one of those companies which is resilient and come out stronger uh, out of this uh, crisis. So I think there are a lot of opportunities which also have come, um, but that's how I see it. So it's been a very, very difficult period and we're all still going through it. COVID, if not anything else, has taught us about uh, a more sustainable sort of a lifestyle. What I know of uh, the Manipal Group is that it does believe in sustainability and it does believe in uh, sustainable business. And how does that go hand in hand for you? Uh, what is the cost of sustainability in doing business? I think since, you know, um, the whole um, intent of business right, is basically creating a value and it's basically creating value for all the stakeholders. So we believe that if we have to um, be around um, for a long period of time, and like I mentioned before, we think the business is permanent, the what products we do or solutions may change over time, but hopefully the business is there um, permanently. It has to be sustainable in everything um, that we do. Of course, there are some, you know, standard things, whether we talk about environment and all that, those everyone has to do and are doing. But we also look at from running the business, how do we make it more sustainable? So I think one is an approach of how do we make it a relationship where uh, each one of the stakeholders is, um, you know, winning. So it might be how we work with maybe our own partner suppliers. How do we make sure that each one is benefiting in every transaction and we're coming out stronger. We partner so that maybe we can innovate together, thereby creating value for each one versus each one losing because of we're just trying to focus on price. That could be one example. The other interesting thing which um, uh, we have done is uh, we set up this uh, platform called Brios, which basically leverages the idle capacity in the country. We have a lot of investments gone in. Like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of fragmented players. We said, how can we actually you know, build a business which will leverage the infrastructure which they have um, built the investments they have made and leverage the customer base we have. So we built this business where uh, the platform 
enables us to um, source work in an automated, in a digital way from uh, the customers we have and distribute that work uh, to the, our print partners. I think right now we have about 200 print partners throughout the country where they print and they actually distribute locally uh, to our customers. That's really helped them from certainty of jobs, their idle infrastructure uh, is utilized so their profitability increases. And for us, we are bringing, building a low um, you know, uh, capex business which can scale much, much faster. So that's, I look at it as one way as being sustainable where you're actually collaborating to build a business which helps all the stakeholders in the ecosystem. What is your advice to fellow printers who may be thinking of venturing into these digital services? I think um, the digitization is happening uh, rapidly. Um, however, I think if you look at it, for example, in print, the books, I think have a long um, uh, runway. I think it's going to be complementary. We're going to have digital along with uh, print. So my only thing would uh, advise would be that anything that um, one wants to get into to make sure that they are clear about why they would uh, succeed versus anyone else or why they have a right to succeed versus someone else. Because ultimately, um, Everybody is looking at diversifying. So if you look at in India, because of the fear of commercial print going down, everyone starts getting into packaging. It just basically makes it um, more competitive and the returns on uh, assets become much lower. And print generally is a very, very um, capex uh, intensive industry. So if someone wants to go into digital, I think one has to find a niche and has to find a way to uh, really be clear that why they would succeed because if they themselves are not clear then the chance of succeeding is very low so my thing that would be the only advice that any sector they're getting into any diversification to have at least clarity uh, instead of being one other player there to all those listening in carving out your own niche and knowing what you're good at and running with it is the mantra and that brings us to our final question do you read Gautam uh, yes <laughs> I read quite a bit would you like to recommend something to our listeners today? Sure. I um, So I, I think a great book um, that I read recently is called uh, Seeing Around Corners. You know, when things are transforming so much, uh, I think it's a really, really uh, great book to read. Um, it you can get on Amazon. It's uh, written by uh, Rita, R-I-T-A, Macrath, M-C-G-R-A-T-H. Uh, it's called Seeing Around Corners. That would be um, a really good read I would really recommend. Um, other book I would recommend is um, Find Yourself. It's um, by Simon Snick. It's a great book. Uh, you know, it's basically about discovering your purpose and your own team's purpose. It's another great uh, read. Uh, so these are two books I would recommend for right now for reading. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Gautam. Any last comments? No, Angela, everyone stay safe and uh, hope all of us come out stronger out of this crisis. Thank you so much for your time, Gautam. Thank you. Bye. Do write to us with your suggestions and topics or the expert you would like to listen to. For comments and feedback, do write to contact at newdelhi.gpo.org. Mark your calendars for the world's largest trade fair, Frankfurt Book Mesa, from 14th to 18th October 2020. This is Angela Albert signing off.